Hey, welcome everybody to Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. Um, I've been enjoying uh, this journey with all of you as we take a look at the verse of the day from Version. That'll be our typical source. And uh, we look at it three ways, context, original author and audience, and then is there any way that we can see Jesus in these verses? Um, I hope that this podcast is becoming a regular part of your devotional time. Um, if we can help you at all to strengthen you in the Lord or shine some light on Scripture or help train you to look at Scripture better on your own, then it will all be worth it. If you haven't already recommended uh, Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast to your friends, uh, why not do it? You know that if you found the perfect hot dog, you would recommend it to your friends. So why not the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast? You know what I mean? So pass it along, and uh, when, if you have any questions or comments on um, our podcast, just let us know because we're always open. Appreciate the encouragement. Now, I've put the uh, line out there a couple times asking for some requests on Bible verses that you would love to hear on Crosspoint Scripture Podcast. And um, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago that we got one. And uh, Justin Freihaupt was asking to hear about Ephesians 6.10. And so that's what our um, episode is going to be about. So this is our first request night, except it's the morning, but you get what I'm saying. Um, So we're going to put on the record, uh, we're going to spin the record today that was requested by Justin. So Justin, appreciate your request. And it is an interesting verse, Ephesians 6 and 10. So reading from the ESV, um, let's get into it. Ephesians 6, 10 reads like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So um, if I understood uh, Justin's original request, the curiosity for him, there's a lot of things to be curious here, but uh, the curiosity for him was the fact that it repeats some form of strength three times. Did you guys see that? Finally, be strong. There's one in the Lord and in the strength, two, of his might, three And uh, Justin pointed out, which is true, kind of a principle of scripture, that oftentimes repetition, especially within one verse, is trying to draw our attention to something, or it's being done for emphasis, and I think that's probably what we have here. So that's what initially um, sparked his curiosity. So it's a good verse for all those reasons, and we are going to give it the Crosspoint Church uh, Scripture Podcast treatment and uh, look at it our three ways. But just uh, initially on that question, I do think the repetition here is for emphasis so i don't think it's trying to draw our attention to something as much as he as paul is trying to say that the lord is strong and that we need him and what his mighty works can do and not ourselves so i think uh paul is trying to draw our attention away from our own strength and put it on to god's and he's trying to do that emphatically and so he goes at it three times Now, I hope to show that that's not just my opinion by looking at the context. I think that's what Paul was trying to say to his original audience, which was the church in Ephesus. So, um, first of all, starting with context, the overall context of this is in it's a letter from Paul to a church in Ephesus. And so it's not addressed to us originally, but being as the context is him addressing a, uh, a community of Jesus Christ who is trying to follow the Lord, Um, We can definitely see it as uh, applying to our own lives as long as we do the proper exegesis to get to the bottom of the true meaning so we can see what it would mean for us. Um, The book of Ephesians is one of those that's like one of the pillars of the New Testament. 
if you've never read it before, man, you are missing out. Uh, once you start reading it, I think you'll see that there are so many uh, strong verses and and uh, things that you've probably heard before and heard sermons on and heard some of your favorite Christian songs probably come from some stuff in Ephesians. So it's just one of those great books. If you're looking for encouragement, if you're looking for a strong foundation to your faith, um, Ephesians is one that that you could study verse by verse, and it's really going to throw a lot of light on some things. It's as powerful as Romans, and it's not as long. So if, um, if you're starting off and you're like, man, I'd love to get really serious about one of Paul's letters, I think Ephesians would be a good place to start. Okay, now we told we said the greater context is the letter to the Ephesians, so that's what that's about. But what about the um, smaller context? What about if we zoom in a little bit? What I love about a verse like this is it has a context word that seems to keep happening. Um, we've had that, I think, this is about our third or fourth time in a row. And what I mean by that is there's a word right in the verse that lets us know that it would be good to pay attention to the context. So... If you don't, if you haven't noticed it already, it in this particular verse, it's the word that the verse starts with. So do you see that? It says finally. So that's a way for Paul to say, I've said a lot of things, and now I'm coming to a close, and this is the final thing I'd like to leave you with. So that tells us two things at least. I'm sure it tells us more, but there's two things at least it tells us. One, it would be good for us to read the rest of the letter, right? Because if it says finally, then we are missing out on the whole conversation that's been uh, five other chapters long. And if we want to get a lot of context and a lot of understanding of why Paul and what Paul is saying, then it would really do us good um, to go back and read the other five. Another thing that finally says is that he is beginning a new idea here, finally. Okay. So he feels like he's kind of closed out the rest of the letter. Um, we can see that the last thing he talks about is how bond servants and masters who are believers should treat one another bond servants and masters, how they should treat one another. And that's coming on the heels of him talking about how children and parents should treat one another. So Paul's kind of wrapping up his letter with some practical instruction and application of the gospel as how it will change how we treat one another, children and parents, bond servants and masters. And so that whole discussion is over. So what comes before these verses doesn't help us as much immediately to understand this verse because this is the beginning of a new thought. It's just good to know that when it says finally, then we better get the rest of Ephesians in mind to understand Paul's emphasis. And then um, this would help us see that this is the, uh, you know how everybody kind of fights over getting the last word. We all know that there's power in the last word, especially if we're in an argument with somebody, right? You're kind of arguing back and forth and people want to have the last word. It just feels good for some reason. Um, and I think it's because the last word is meant to kind of like sum up and stick, you know, the whole point of the conversation in your mind. And I think there's some of that here. Paul is going to have the last word and it's kind of like, Hey, finally. So if you haven't heard anything else yet, hear this. And so I think this is going to be another thing Paul saying for emphasis. And what follows is some of the most powerful words in the New Testament for how we are supposed to um, stand up in spiritual warfare as we follow God. So, finally. All right, now let's get to our verse. So we come up, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, the three times repetition is not just for emphasis, it is that. But there's actually, there's two directions here about strength that Paul's pointing to, which is pretty cool. It's all packed in this one verse. So what do I mean by that? So first of all, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord 
and. So there's one thought there is, be strong in the Lord. Okay, be strong in the Lord. It's an identity thing. Be strong because you are in the Lord. Where does my strength come from? Because I have all the right answers? No. Because I'm a Bible scholar? No. Because I have money? No. Uh, How am I going to stand against the devil? Is he afraid of me? No. Am I smarter than the devil? No. Uh, Am I perfect? Have I had no sin? No. You see, (laughs) I'm striking out. I need need an identity help. So Pastor Josiah is not good enough. I don't have the strength it takes to stand against the enemy. And so since Paul is starting this verse about helping us, this whole discussion about helping us stand against the enemy of our soul, the devil, he starts right with identity. Finally, be strong in the Lord, capital L. Whenever Paul uses that capital L, Lord, he's referring to Christ, in Christ. Be strong in him. And so if we're going to stand against the enemy, we've got to remember our identity. So be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The strength of his might is talking about what Jesus has done and can do through us and in us by his Holy Spirit, okay? So we go from identity to action. Be strong in the Lord, identity, and in the strength of his might. What can Jesus do? And we'll find out with this picture that Paul gives us. So we keep going for our context into verse 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. How, Paul? Well, Paul provides us with this picture here, which many uh, have pointed out comes from the fact that Paul was often under arrest and he was a Roman citizen and so he had a lot of time to observe Roman soldiers up close. (laughs) So I don't know where other pastors out there are getting their sermon illustrations, but Paul was often getting some of his while he was handcuffed and sitting on the ground next to Roman (laughs) soldiers. So, um, okay, so there it is. In verse 11, he begins to use the armor, the typical armor of a Roman soldier, to give us a picture of what it would look like to be strong in the Lord's might. So look at verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Now, he's not saying that God is, in some mystical sense, armor, or that if you go looking somewhere for it, you'll be, if you open the right closet, you'll be able to find the armor of God and put it on. No, He's giving us this picture about how we can see our our identity in God because we are in God and he's in us because of the Holy Spirit and because God is active by his word, by his Holy Spirit, by his church. And so God is doing things and he's doing it with his might. And so we need to get into that. We need to identify with God and then see what he's doing around us and join him in it. How can we do that, Paul? Well, Paul uses the picture of putting on armor, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Who can can stand against the schemes of the devil? You, me, no. People, no. He's had us since Adam and Eve. But God can, and he will, and he does. And so if you stand in God and get alongside God as he acts, then, then you can resist the schemes of the devil. And Paul makes sure you understand that in verse 12 by saying, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not people. It's not the corrupted government. It's not your family. It's not your place of work that doesn't understand you or do things right or or isn't treating you right. It's not them really, okay? The corruption in the government, obvious. The corruption at your place of work, obvious. The corruption in your own life and in your family, obvious. But who's behind all that pushing it and making it worse? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers 
over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Though Those are our real enemies. And it makes it so much more obvious than why we would need God. You can't do anything about spiritual forces of darkness. You're not going to be able to reach them. You can't do anything about that. God can. And so you need to get in on God. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So then you need to go on. Like I said, I always wish we had more time in this uh, podcast, but we have to kind of keep to our verse of the day type situation. But if you go on, you'll read about how how and where you can find your identity in God because he talks about the belt, belt of truth. Do you tell the truth? Are you in on the truth? Are you willing to have the truth told about you? Because that's where God is. If you, t- if you identify with God, you identify with the truth. And when you do that, you're already standing against the devil because God lives there. When you touch the truth, you touch God. Breastplate of righteousness, readiness of the gospel of peace, shield of faith. These are ways in which you touch God himself. And that means that when you touch him, you are standing against the enemy. So that's how you can be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That's how you put on the whole armor of God. It's not a mystical thing. It's not a special prayer. There's, I know some of you out there are praying, you know, today I put on the belt, today I put on the helmet. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as you realize it's just a discipline that is helping to train your mind and your heart to know that you are identifying with God and you're in him. Okay, now, is there any way for us to see Jesus in these verses? If you watch Bible Man, you know how it works. <laughs> For all Bible Man fans out there, uh, Easton's re- recalling you to your childhood. All right, so finally be strong in the Lord, the strength of his might. Um, oh, can we see Jesus in these verses? Where can we see that? Be strong in the Lord. Now, there he is. Jesus is right here in the verse. You know, we need to be strong in him and in the strength of his might. But. I think another way, and of course, as I always say, there's many ways we could see him here, but the way that that lights up to me is, what did the Lord do when he was challenged by people? You could think of some various times, like one, he's in the garden with his disciples, and Roman soldiers with clubs and swords come to arrest him, and Peter is more like us. He takes up the strength of his sword. Remember that? I get it. I'm not one of those that bashes on Peter. If so, if Jesus was my best friend and some soldiers came to take him and they were a bunch of crooks, I would pull out my sword and start swinging too, but that's because I didn't understand like Jesus did who the real problem was. Do you see that? We see Jesus in these verses because Jesus saw all the soldiers and he saw behind them the real enemy, the devil. And you can't cut the devil's ear off. It doesn't work that way. And uh, actually, he helps Peter understand that if you take a sword out and cut your enemy's ear off, you're helping the devil. Your enemy may be working for the devil, but when you use violence against him, you're actually helping the devil get his way. Do you see that? He's just here to set us against each other. So Jesus always refused to do that. He was always strong in, in God and in the strength of his might. He actually takes the soldier's ear. This is so good. He picks it up off the ground. And he heals a guy, Malchus. The Bible even names him in case you just like didn't believe the story was real. It's not a myth. It's it's something that really happened. And he picked the guy's ear up off the ground and put it back on his head. That's his enemy. That's a soldier who came to arrest him. I mean, I don't know what you guys thought. You probably think, oh, Malchus probably had a good heart or something. That's why Jesus healed him. No, he didn't have a good heart. He was a part of an armed mob that came to arrest an unarmed guy, an unarmed guy Jesus, in the middle of the night. Uh, because his bosses told him to for money. So not a good guy, didn't earn a healing, 
but Jesus picked up his ear, healed him, and then went with him. You'll notice it doesn't. The Bible doesn't say, oh, Malchus said, hey, this guy just healed me, so let's not arrest him, torture him, and kill him. No, he just is like, cool, you put my ear back, now let's go. <laughs> We're going to prison. So watch in the Gospels how Jesus fights his battles. Jesus doesn't go around punching people in the face or cutting their ears off or yelling and screaming at people. He goes around being strong in the Lord because he realized that um, the devil was his real enemy. And so he's tempted by him in the wilderness, and then it says again, he's tested by him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then when he's crucified, he disarms the devil and his whole army. How? Because he was strong in the Lord, right? All these strong soldiers and stuff took him and they crucified him to say, hey, we win, you're dead. And, and Jesus is like, no, man, you just did exactly what God wanted you to do. You took my life, you think, but actually I laid it down. And you guys did exactly what God thought you would. And now the devil is defeated because my blood has washed um, all of his prisoners free of their sins. And now they get to go free when they put their faith in me. And he rose again from the grave in three days to show that he was the victor. So Jesus was strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He wasn't he wasn't the pull the sword out guy. And so what can we learn from that? You know, when we see Jesus in that man at any time in our culture, this is a great time to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might instead of no, I need my political power. No, I have to win every argument. No, I want to live in a neighborhood where there are just none of these sinners and unbelievers around me. Uh, no, I don't want to have my kids go to a school where there might be sinners there. We've got to watch all that stuff, right? Because we don't need to have that strength. We don't need to be armed and dangerous. We need to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And it's not going to look like what we think it is. Okay, well, before I get too preachy, uh, we'll just cut it off there. So as you can see, I've asked for a request. Somebody sent one in and I actually did it. So if you didn't think I would, I will. So if you guys have any requests, you go ahead and email me, J-S-E-R-R-A, um, at thecrosspoint.com with any comments, uh, suggestions, or requests, and we'll do our best. And uh, as always, I'd like to thank Easton Walker, our uh, sound recording engineer, and today, Bible man uh, expert. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Tune in next time. See you soon.